Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well on this week's show. We'll be looking back at last night's uh, controversial defeat up at Crew Alexandra. Uh, and of course, ahead to Saturday's trip to Cheltenham Town. Uh, joining me to do that, first up, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? 
Still fuming about last night. Yeah, I mean, the disallowed goal, the performance, a bit of both. Both those, the referee, uh, the fact we were all right for first 20 minutes, just all of it annoyed me. Yeah, well, excellent. That's a good grounding for a show. We've been quite an annoyed show recently, haven't we? And uh, also joining us uh, in shared annoyance is uh, Mr. Lewis Cathead in Luke. Yeah, not bad, mate. Similar to Tom, really. Disappointed yeah. after yesterday. Annoyed, annoyed levels through the roof. Just a bit. Yeah, just so frustrating. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. So, uh, I don't know, I took a sip of tea halfway through my sentence. I've never done that before. So, on the, this evening's show, uh, we, as I said, we'll look, we'll look back at that defeat against Crew last night. We've just heard the goals from it. We'll discuss some of the finer moments, uh, some of the more controversial moments uh, as well. Of course, we're going to hear from the Charlton manager, Johnny Jackson, his thoughts after the game. The Addicts falling, of course, to a third straight defeat in the league. Uh, got some tweets and emails as well. Plenty of people with stuff who want to get... Uh, it off their chest. Um, talk a little bit about the transfer window as well. No, a great deal of news just yet. Uh, and then we will focus on Saturday's trip to Cheltenham Town. Um, new ground for a lot of people. Looking forward to getting down there. Uh, hopefully uh, just for the day out, if not for uh, the revival of our playoff hopes. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll look ahead to that one uh, as well. So Tom, I mean, we just heard everything about last night's game. The performance, um, the goal, the controversial moment at the end. It's up to you, really. Where do you want to start? I guess we should probably we should probably talk about the the performance before we get into the controversy because the performance is what colours the entire evening for us. And even though we nearly nicked a point at the end, and I think for all the frustrations last night, I could see a point being a fair result for what we did in the start and towards the end. But that shouldn't be the case when we go away to a relegation threatened side like Crew. We should be if we're a playoff chasing team, which I think it's clear we're not now, unfortunately. We should be doing a lot better. Totally. Yeah, I think a, a draw would have papered over some cracks last night. Um, and, and yeah, I, the, part of the reason, as I said at the start, I'm so frustrated is because for those opening 25 minutes, we look very bright uh, and we've looked that way in recent games and it's been the same old story that we we just cannot score goals. Uh, I thought we, we dominated possession, we dominated sort of areas of the pitch but in that final third, we, we were creating absolutely nothing. So I don't want people to think that I felt we deserved more from that because we the crosses, the final ball, anything around the area was nowhere near good enough. But our link-up play and our movement and all of that was, was fine. And then when they scored, what concerned me most about last night was when they did get their goal, it, it felt like an Adkins performance where the confidence just drained. We lost our shape. We lost our heads. You could see that in the, the way the game... Uh, became a bit aggressive in that second half in particular. And we just looked like we, we didn't know what we were doing anymore. And, and you're right, towards the end, we rallied a little bit uh, and the game obviously opened up and we, we got one goal to try and get back in it. Um, but as I say, if we had scored that goal at the end, I think it would have been not only probably unfair on, on crew, or, or maybe I don't think we deserved it, but also... I don't think that would have been good enough anyway, because as we said on, on Sunday's show, we expect to go there and win and we haven't done that. So there are many reasons why I've said for a few weeks, I don't think we'll make the playoffs. And I think last night's performance kind of proved that to be the case, unfortunately. No, I mean, the main talking point of full, uh, full time, despite the performance and despite everything that went wrong for Charlton last night, was, of course, this bizarre disallowed goal. Lewis, um, you know, is brilliantly chested down. It was a ball forward from Morgan, brilliantly chested down by Burstow into the path of Elliot Lee. His shot's taken a little touch, looped over the goalkeeper, in off the crossbar. Everyone's going wild, including me. 
uh, for, for a solid five or six seconds before the lino on the near side uh, decides they, there's an infringement and then we get stuck into this bizarre, almost like a VAR situation where no one knows what's going on. The officials are taking three minutes to make a decision, but eventually they give, they give the offside. Lewis, your views, offside or onside? Was Jonathan Lico in the eye line of the goalkeeper? It's such a difficult one to call, isn't it? Because he probably doesn't really interfere, but when you watch it back a few times, I mean, I was watching it in in real time, you know, and and at that point you're you're up in arms, wondering what possibly uh, it could have been disallowed for. You know, it was a great strike in off the crossbar. The keeper, if he makes the effort to jump, I don't. He's not getting it anyway, to be honest, considering his positioning. Leko, yeah, he is. He is there. Uh, is he? Is he infringing him? I'm not sure. He's kind of just to the side of him, isn't he? In the side that he probably would have dived if he was to, if he was to try and make the save. So it's difficult. I mean, for me, the frustrating part of it is that you, you get yourself in this unnecessary, um, you know, debate on the on the touchline between linesman and referee. And if it's if it's taken officials, you know, three plus minutes to make a decision and, and over go through something in such detail to try and come to a conclusion it just seems like it's not clear and obvious and for me I mean watching it in real time I, I don't see an infringement I don't think he is in the in the line of sight but when, when you slow it down maybe you could argue that he is ever so slightly but is he actually involved in the play I don't know it's it's one of those difficult ones really and it's one that's gone against us uh, on this occasion and like Tom said I think the biggest issue here really is just that if we had got that equaliser it would have just been papering over some severely large cracks because the performance overall didn't warrant a point. You know, the first 20 minutes we were okay. But apart from that, I was very disappointed with how we performed. So, mm. yes, we might want to feel hard done by by that goal being chalked off. But at the end of the day, we didn't really deserve to get anything out of that game anyway. Yeah, I mean, parts of that performance in the second half were very reminiscent of a severely large crack, Tom. But, um, I mean, your view on, on the disallowed goal, you can see why. I mean, Jacko, we'll, we'll hear his thoughts on it later. Um, I mean, the, the, the process of the decision-making is confusing as well because the fact that referee Robert Lewis spent so long speaking to his assistant and Lewis had given the goal in the first place where he would have had the view sort of straight on to decide if Lico was in the eye line of the keeper and obviously the lino on that far side would have had the view as to whether he was in the offside position, which supposedly is correct. To be fair, I haven't seen either way, but you'd have to assume it is correct. <clears throat> I mean, are you, are you frustrated with how it came about and, and, and what the decision was? Yeah, yeah, I am. Last night, you know, emotions in the air and everything and off the back of the performance where I was still pretty angry, I was furious at the decision and totally blaming the ref. Um, in the cold light of day to day, I, I'm still pretty similar. What I don't, what I'll admit is I don't know the rule to the law, uh, or sorry, the law to the letter of it, but I don't know that many people who do. I think what annoyed me is that, and I said this to somebody on Twitter last night, I'm pretty sure that if it was, was it Lecco in front of the goalkeeper, I reckon he could have picked the goalkeeper up and thrown him towards the ball and he still wouldn't have got there. It looked like it was so far away that I don't see Lecco making any difference. Now that might not matter because Lecco's in an offside position and if that's what the law says, then fair enough. But it it just, to me, seemed like that deflection has taken it so far away from the keeper that it doesn't matter who's around him it doesn't matter what they're doing it doesn't matter if they put a little trampoline out for him he's not getting to that ball as far as I can tell so the frustration there was I don't see that it's had any impact in the game now as I say if the law says that that is is a doesn't matter then fair enough you hold your hands up and you say it's offside and in, in that case I'm angry at the law I guess because I don't feel that that is fair 
But then, as you say, the farce around how it was organised and how it was agreed and decided upon was just mad because uh, I'm sure we're about to talk about you had a fan on the pitch pushing players. You had him and his lino talking for ages. You had arguments across the players. The crew players were pretty sure they'd conceded by their reaction to the goal. It was only when they saw the flag up, they thought, oh, yeah, well, let's try and claim something here. And you couldn't really be sure whether it was given for eye line or offside or a foul or what. And it was just very, very unclear. So, uh, yeah, just a bit of a farce, a bit in keeping with League One referees. How Tell kept it together as well as he did, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, it was just a frustrating end to a, just a horrible evening of football, really. Yeah, I mean, in terms of keeping it together, I think you can hear a bit on, on, the, on the commentary highlights we played at the, at the top of the, the crew fans sort of turning around and clapping towards Terry. But I don't think they got the treatment that I got slightly further down the, bun- uh, the bench where there was some more uh, ferocious crew fans who, you know, when, when we equalised, I was, I was giving it big licks on my little commentary and uh, had absolutely no idea being ruled out until about five teenagers in the row in front turned around and started flicking the Vs and chewing in my face and uh, giving me the old uh, shuffle, whatever you want to call it. It was, uh, it was humiliating <laughs> because, oh man, I just wanted the ground to swallow me up being in the midst of the home end when I was effectively celebrating a last-minute equaliser and it gets um, taken away from us. So we, we, we were talking about fast. Let's talk about, Lewis, the, the goals that we conceded. I mean, Tom mentioned there that even if the the crew Alexandra goalkeeper Dave Richards had a trampoline in his six yard box, then he wouldn't have saved the um, the, the the Elliot Lee non equaliser. I, I think there was a trampoline in that six yard box when um, Stephen Henderson came for the second goal of the corner because he went flying absolutely nowhere near the ball. Yeah, it, it was a strange one, very strange decision from him, and a, a bit of a shame really because I think he's he's performed quite well of late. I was impressed with him at the weekend as well. Yeah, I mean. All right, I'll, I'll give him Saturday, but I, I, I want to step in here, and I think he got away with a few little fumbles, like we saw in the first goal yesterday at Gateshead, and everyone said he played well because he made those two good saves when there was that scramble near the end. But he got away with some palming it straight out into the middle, and he got punished for the first one last night. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, you know, disappointing. I think he'd like to really you like your keeper to hold it, especially the the first goal. Um, but you know, it's it's rebounded and and Finney for them has has managed to react quickest and and tap it home and find ourselves one nil down probably at at that point against the run of play and then as soon as that goal goes in the wheels come off a little bit and I think we struggled to deal with um with Port with Chris Porter a little bit it seemed to cause a bit of a nuisance and then you know we we give away that corner when really just before then you know it was probably a penalty if you look at it back it another you know that's Henderson coming out to claim the ball does he catch him and, and it could have be a penalty? You know, you could argue that, that 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 could have been a decision that was made against us there as well. But, you know, from their side, they won't be, feel too hard done by because they scored straight from the corner. And yeah, it's a it's a disappointing goalkeeping decision from Stephen Henderson. And it is a shame because he's a player I really like. You know, he's someone with good experience and I think you'd probably expect him to, to maybe think a little bit more with those decisions. Hmm. And uh, you mentioned already, Tom, it's frustrating the way the goals came about because we had started quite well. Uh, and also, when you think about it, I, I would say for all the, the frustrations we've had in that we've not been scoring a lot of goals recently, um, the, the, the fact that we, we hadn't been conceding too many, the, the odd one here and there, in, in, you know, lo- losing games one goal to nil recently is has been a... A frustration but I mean it's not the end of the world but the fact that we gave away two really sloppy goals in quick succession especially the time in the second one just before half time 
doesn't it, it doesn't bode well when, when that's been one of our, our strengths recently. Yeah, it was. They were both just so sloppy, as Lewis has just said, and I like to think that that was just a one-off. Uh, I, I think I would like to think that by the weekend, um, Jacko will have sorted that out because that is something you can work on. I, I wonder throughout the team, really, and and this goes to the defence as well, whether there's just enough pressure on the people starting in those those starting eleven places because he hasn't rotated a huge amount, and I think we're all quite pleased that he hadn't because of the amount that that Adkins was chopping and changing players all the time and trying to find his best formation but I just worry if you know uh, came up last night the likes of Elliot Lee uh, who I didn't think performed well yesterday DJ who's not performed well for the past few weeks now have we really got the strength in depth for players to come in and and replace them and hit the ground running I remember having this debate with you and and Mark on one of the shows pre-Christmas as well uh, and if we haven't, then those players just get a little bit comfortable, just drop off by two or three percent, and unfortunately, that's enough to whether it's a lapse in concentration or whatever to cause these goals. So, you'd hope with Ryan Innes coming back, with Sam Lavelle getting some minutes in that defence, that suddenly players will realise they're playing for their place again, and and hopefully we'll we'll start to shore things up. We've still got Claire playing in a back three, and I know that's not always the the position he maybe prefers to play in. So. There are, there's definitely the opportunity here for Jacko to drop a few uh, and give other players a chance. But yeah, I'm less concerned about the defence because I think that was just hopefully a bit of a blip. It's at the other end where I'm more concerned now because that's a, a little while now we've gone without scoring and with no kind of end date in sight for Jaden, you start to wonder kind of where the goals are coming from. Obviously, Burstow got his one last night and... Again, as I said last week, you just don't want him to to be relied upon because it's not fair on such a young man. Mm, yeah, I was about to say when you're talking about players coming in and taking their chance, that there is one in in the form of Mason Burstow. Um, you know, e- excellent sort of follow up yesterday. Good header over the goalkeeper, first EFL goal for the young man. Obviously, not quite in the circumstances that he wanted, but you know, again, we'll hear it in the interview shortly. But Jacko suggested he was even umming and ahhing about starting him. Um, I, I I have my reservations because he, you know we, we spoke about the the Carlin Grant um, sort of comparisons a young player thrown in too soon. But to be fair, I don't think he could be much worse than anyone else has been recently because we're not we're, without the, the the front the the first choice front two playing together. We don't really look like a, a cohesive unit up top at the moment. No, and that that's the issue. It's you know losing Jaden as Tom says is a real a real kick in the teeth and and it's the same I feel like when you lose either one of Jaden or Connor they they both complement each other so much when they play as a partnership so when when you remove one of them the other sort of their game severely decreases and you know Connor worked hard last night he's come off the back of a little bit of a hamstring niggle so you don't know how fit he was but he always works very hard but I just feel like Jaden complements him with the way that he plays and vice versa so Obviously, we don't know the the latest with Jaden, how long he's going to be out for, but you'd assume you've got to prepare for it to be a little while yet. So when you're looking at the options we do have, you know, Josh Davison maybe hasn't taken his chance this season, wasn't on the bench yesterday, which surprised me a little bit. Um, And then it falls to Mason Burstow, who for me has been outstanding in the opportunities he's been given. But again, very very conscious that he's he's still very young you know he's he's only really come through and onto the picture this season he's done very well at the other levels but to come through at this you know especially at the moment where it's a bit of a slog because we're maybe a bit low on confidence we're not getting the results that we want we're performing okay but we're not getting uh, what we want out of games and then 
the pressure of putting the goals away at the moment, which is our our biggest struggle, is is falling on the shoulders of of a young man like Mason Burst, though. And I, I do have my reservations about putting him in at the deep end, like you said, following on from what happened with Carlin and and maybe even Joe Piggott and and others as well before that. And it it can be a little bit too much and, and overwhelming. And, and I think that we we need to do better and not put ourselves in this position because it seems to be something that happens a lot. And for me, the priority, you know, in this window, especially we, we have to get somebody in that can help take some of the strain off of the likes of Connor um, and, and now the likes of Mason as well. Mm, excellent stuff. Right. So other mistakes that were in there, I mean, we, we've spoken about Hendo, I think a couple of penalty shouts, uh, one against Hacken Fainwell wasn't there, Tom. I mean, the, these little errors, we gave the, the ball away inside our own half quite a few times as well. Uh, all, all of these will add up to the concern that, that we are now in a rut. Three games without a win in the league, uh, losing all of them uh, by a single goal, which I guess is something to cling on to. But the performance is arguably getting worse than better. Um, and, and the confidence levels seem looking low. So obviously this is going to be Jacko's first real test now as he's... Uh, his uh, sort of permanent tenures take, started to take place. You know, he came in at a difficult time, but he gave them a, a Philip. And I asked him, we'll hear it again very shortly, how he now turns this around. Tom, if you, I mean, if you were the manager, what would, what would be your number one priority between now and Saturday? For me, I think there's two things. I think clearly confidence does appear low. I, I don't really understand why that is the case because, yes, the, the league form over the past uh, it's been a little while time-wise, but it hasn't been a huge amount of games. Uh, has obviously not been great. It wasn't that long ago we did those, that back-to-back Ipswich and Cambridge. And I know Ipswich weren't up to much, but Cambridge was a, a difficult game that we came through. Uh, and it wasn't wasn't a million miles ago. Uh, and obviously we've had the, the cup wins in the Papa John's and the performance, which I don't think we should you know, look down on at all against Norwich, which was which was very good. So... There's been positives in performance, but I do wonder if confidence is low. So I'd be looking for a way to try and try and pick that up and take some of the heat off the players. And as I said a little bit earlier, I think he needs to to rotate a few. I thought Albie came on and did very well yesterday. I thought Mason was brilliant when he came on. As I say, I don't want to rely on him. Uh, Innes is obviously waiting in the wings for a defensive start. Uh, so there are players that you can bring in and replace. It's just about whether they can pick up the speed. So... I wonder if some of them just need a little bit of a wake-up call by being dropped. Um, and I don't think there's any harm in that. As you say, we, we haven't won for a little while in the league. So Jacko's kind of, he's got almost not exactly a free hit, but he might as well give it a go because then at least he, he can say he's tried something. And obviously you don't want to get into a, an Adkins where you're doing that every single week. But I just wonder if it just needs a little bit of a shake-up because however improved we have been under Johnny Jackson we can't forget how bad they were at the start of the season as well. And, you know, you, he he's definitely improved things. That's clear. They're clearly playing for him, which is good. But this is a group of players who've shown they can put out a pretty poor performance on their day. Um, and you don't want them to slip back into that for too long because we are still kind of looking over our shoulder. And so he needs to find a way to just shake that out of them because on our on our day, we can go and beat the likes of Sunderland as well. So... It's just a really, really funny side this year. Um, and yeah, hopefully, I still am not panicking. I still think he's the man to turn it around, but we need to do it quickly. Mm, yeah, six points above the relegation zone. Uh, and more can we see at fourth bottom have a game in hand. Charlton still remain 14 points shy of the top six. I think realistically, I think we said a couple of weeks ago, 
unfortunately after those those two defeats before last night is is probably already over and that would take an, an unbelievable miracle for the addicts to get into the playoff places right let's hear at what johnny jackson made of last night's game straight away i asked him to address the most controversial moment uh, the goal that was just allowed for elliot lee uh linesman said that that Lico was in the goalkeeper's line of sight or something so that's the reason that he disallowed it uh I don't think he would have saved it if if there was no one there. Well, he wouldn't have saved it. It looped over, went over his head and uh, in off the bar. And he was trying his best to save it, so he saw it all the way. But um, that was the reason they gave. Do you think Jonathan was interfering or in his line of sight? He, he was next to him, but that's, that's what I'm saying to you. I don't think I thought the keeper saw it because he, he tried to save it. He tried to keep it out. He saw the shot all the way, but it looped over his head. Uh, it wasn't like he couldn't see it coming. It went over the top of him, so... I uh, don't really know how Nico's blocked his sight uh, if it's gone over the top of him, to be honest. Has the referee given any explanation as to why it took so long for them to come to a decision as well? No. Nothing on that? No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, overall, what did, what did you make of the game? A, a late rally, I guess? Uh, it's, it's, I feel like I'm just saying the same things over and over now. Broken record, like we're, we're getting chances in every game. thought we started the game really well, moved the ball got into sort of areas that we worked on all week uh, it's just that final bit isn't it it's that final bit it's the final pass final cross final shot that just we're not putting away we've had so many chances again just watched them back there and uh, enough chances to win a game said the same thing Sunday said the same thing a week ago against uh, 10 days ago against Wickham so something's wrong personal responsibility to put the ball in the goal or to execute the final pass, final cross, whatever it is it's just got to be better And what do you think is the next stage to address that? Because it wasn't a problem that you were having sort of at the start of your of your reign Yeah, we was being more clinical then um, I don't know, we just have to, I have to speak to my players and, and you know, get into the, to the psyche of that, like why are we not being clinical, why we lost that little bit of cutting edge it's not through I'm saying we're still doing the right things from box to box it's just it's just in that last last little bit that we're not putting it away and you know that has to come down to personal responsibility uh, of the players they've got to look to themselves and say what do they need to do better I have to ask myself how can I improve it we work on it we work on it all the time but uh, obviously you know, we have to continue to work on it Obviously, it's great to see Mason get his first league goal. He's been having these cameos. Obviously, he got to start on, on Sunday as well, and I think he's deserved that for how hard he's worked since he's come into the side. Absolutely, yeah. Probably the one positive from the evening. Um, brilliant that, that the young lad's come on, got his first league goal. Uh, you know that he can, he can do that. He, he, the boy can finish. Yeah, he's got a good attitude. He puts himself about. So, um, you know, no, no hesitation in their moments to throw him on. You know, if you are... If you do need a goal, I mean, I, I considered starting him. I just think from Sunday to Wednesday, with the shift that he put in against Norwich and the fact that he was cramping up, it was probably too much of an arse to start him again. But again, he's come and had an impact from the bench. See, so, yeah, I think at the other end, you know, Charlton haven't been conceding many goals. So he's probably a little bit frustrated with the manner of the two today. Poor goals. Poor goals. One's a set piece that we just don't deal with. Uh, so that's poor to take and... You know, the first one sort of out of nothing, really. Maybe their first attack, second attack, maybe. But, you know, they certainly hadn't had much. Uh, and then they get a goal out of nothing when I felt we'd, we'd certainly be in, the, been in the ascendancy in the game. So, tough one to take. 
Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. him momentarily, tries a difficult ball, finds Gilby, super work, Gilby turns inside, can he finish? Yes he can! Super goal from John, just when you thought that ball from Lee was too complicated, too difficult, he picks out Alex Gilby, with a superb, superbly well to hold his man off, and drills it to the right hand side, his right hand side, gives Wharton no chance at all, and Charlton surely now put the game to bed. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. We're going to be looking ahead to the Cheltenham game shortly, but we still got some bits and pieces to underline, I guess, from the defeat up at Crew last night. Um, as I said, Lewis, I asked Jacko about what he will do to address the issues that are coming up now um, in terms of you know not taking care in, in, inside the final third. I think we've agreed that we've been okay in between the boxes. Gave the ball away a couple of times in a half yesterday, but defensively we were poor yesterday and in the final third we were poor yesterday. Um, I, I did cling on to something because before the game I was thinking you know part of our problem obviously we all know that our midfielders aren't scoring enough goals and I did cling on to the fact that actually we saw the likes of Elliot Lee and Alex Gilby having chances inside the six yard box yesterday in the first half you know they didn't come anywhere near to taking them unfortunately but I'm trying to think well if that's that's one of the tiny things we can cling on to that might be a slight improvement that they're getting into those areas now which I don't think they have been before um so I mean Jacko has to address these problems and and I'm just hoping that that will be step one of it, that he's already got them getting further up the pitch. Yeah, he has to. I mean, because at the moment, as we've said, you know, the load on the strikers to get the goals is is, is very high and, and we're missing our, our top scorer in Jaden Stockley. So the the weight of that responsibility has to be shared and, and it will fall back into into those midfielders and someone like Johnny Jackson as well, who... Is a goal-scoring midfielder in his time, you know, especially with us, he 
he scored you know very you know quite a bit on quite a few most of the seasons he played for us he scored quite a high tally so he knows he knows what it takes to get forward and score goals and i imagine he's going to be trying to drum some of that into the likes of elliot lee and, and alex gilby and maybe not so much dobson because he's a little bit more defensive minded but definitely lee and gilby um you know and i'll be coming on yesterday as well he looks a little bit more threatening going forward which was good to see because uh, he's not really been in and around the picture recently so it was nice to see Albi come on and uh, and make a bit of a, a bit of a difference uh, in that spell at the end um it's something we have to do isn't it you know we, we have to try and share that load because as, as i said already we, we're putting the pressure of of scoring the goals and putting the chances away on on the shoulders of connor washington um and you know, a young a young kid in in mason burst though you know leco for me uh leco sorry doesn't really do it for me as, as a forward when he's been up there up top he's not really done it for me uh, i think he's more effective out wide and taking people on i think he takes too many touches um and can just be a little bit clumsy um when playing centrally which doesn't help because people just close him down um and we're not really seeing much input in terms of goals from dj but he's playing in a more wing back position which maybe is sitting him a little bit more defensively i'm not sure but yeah, we, it's something we have to address, obviously, because we're not we're not scoring. What we scored one goal in our last three league games, which is not good, and obviously three consecutive defeats is not not great after the run that we had when Jacko first came in as caretaker. And you know, it's something we need to address. And we're in a window now, and although the season may be sort of over, we still need to kind of half be prepared to invest and try and keep ourselves away from the drop zone because six points isn't isn't a huge gap um, and it's something we need to be aware of mm. alright let's have a look at a few of the messages that came in uh, this afternoon Rachel uh, says not a lot to love about last night great to see Burstow get his first league goal for us and I thought that Albie Morgan made a positive impact hoping to see a bit of a change to the squad for Saturday the team looks tired uh, I'm not going to mention the officials. Simon says, there seems to be a lot of talk about strengthening up front, but where is the challenge with the defence? Maybe when Fainwo and Innes are back, uh, are in the back line, it may no longer be an issue. Also, is there an issue with Leko and him trying to beat everyone in front of him uh, rather than pass? Yeah, that was something that came up last night, Tom. Um, Jonathan Leko holding on to the ball, perhaps a, a little bit longer. Uh, I think both you and Nathan mentioned it last night. Yeah, and I think Lewis kind of touched on it there as well. It's I don't know if it's just because the way he plays up top because when you're out wide you do tend to try and beat your man and take players on whereas when you're when you're up up top it's more about either playing it out wide to your wingers or kind of having a go and, and getting in the box yourself so it's frustrating look we know when he first came in under Lee Boyo he said you never really know what's going to happen with him and I think there is still an element of that but unfortunately unlike last time where he sort of stumbled his way through and ended up scoring more often than not this time he seems to be stumbling himself into defenders too often. And again, I wonder, it goes back to the, the email from Rachel and what I said a little bit earlier, whether they're tired or not. I think wonder whether some rotation is needed for a player like him as well, um, just to, to take him out the firing line for a bit because something isn't clicking with him at the moment, whatever it is. Mm, indeed right Simon uh, uh, Parrot says um, it's a very dangerous for a manager to remain loyal to players when they're on a losing run I'm sure those not in the team must wonder what they need to do to get into the first 11 it's time to freshen uh, things up and use the squad uh, better Southern Comfort said it looked initially like a terrible decision the disallowed goal but on several watches I can see why it was disallowed however very harsh and I personally would have let uh, the goal stands. Spenny says it was a poor performance all round. Need Jacko, to be honest, about Stockley's injury. Uh, and we need a striker in uh, this window. Phil says, I don't understand how we failed to win anything in the air yesterday, both in attack 
uh, and defence. And the sooner we can get Jake Forster Kasky on set pieces, the better. There's no consistency or quality. He will also create chances and give 100%. Even if he has a bad game, he always uh, gives his all. And Stuart uh, says, uh, my biggest concern in these very uh, is the very little invention in the middle of the park. Uh, so lack of real goal-scoring opportunities is a knock-on effect. Uh, becomes a squad uh, confidence, uh, a lack of confidence throughout the squad. Yeah, I guess the, the majority of what we were creating yesterday obviously came down the wings, uh, which is a little bit how we're set up. But I mean, the, the likes of Gilby and you know Lee, who, who I've mentioned, I thought he played quite well on Sunday, but I did mention that's the first time I, fe- I felt like I've been saying that for a while. Um, you know, for all for all he offered early on in his uh, in his Charlton career, his um. You know, he's not being the creative spark at the moment that we want him to be, and and that's obviously a problem, Lewis. Yeah, it is. It's a concern because when he came in, he he made immediate impact and was a player that was performing well, and and at the time in a very you know poor side, to be honest, under under Nigel, we weren't playing well whatsoever. But he kind of stood out. Um, one thing that's disappointed me the most recently has really been the the set piece delivery because. I know we probably spoke about it after Sunday, but some of the short corners we're taking you know, from under the, I was under the impression Elliot Lee was his strength really was dead ball situations and set pieces and creating chances from free kicks and corners alike. And I'm not seeing that from him at the moment, um, you know, and creating chances as well. And I'm not really seeing enough. And we got quite a bit, as you say, we got quite a bit of action down either side yesterday and getting the ball in the box, but it just it doesn't seem to be anybody in there that can get the ball in the net. Um, we could have had a couple of goals before they'd even scored yesterday, and it's just, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what it is with Elliot Lee at the moment. I think maybe he's just having a bit of a dip in form. There's not really anyone pushing that position either to get him out the side. Um, so it's similar to what we had with Albie at the start of the season. You know, he was struggling a little bit playing in that ten, but there wasn't really anybody that could come in and do the job instead. And then Elliot Lee's come in, um, so maybe we're just seeing a little bit of a dip in form at the moment, but. The, the problem is, is who do you take him out and who do you put in instead? That That's something at the moment we, we haven't really got the option to do. Hmm. All right, Phil says, Hi guys, the same group of players that got Adkins to sack have reverted to type. Three defeats on the bounce and back to looking over our shoulders again. Is this the worst team in Charlton Athletic's long history? It's certainly looking that way. Unfortunately, I can't see anything changing. Is Steve Gallon the man to bring the right players in? The Sandguard got the money to get us out of this rubbish league. I'm starting to doubt them both. I was contemplating buying a half-year season ticket. I think I've made the right choice not to. That's from Phil. Cheers, Phil. Carl, uh, Carl said, it was embarrassing. The only word I could use to sum that one up. We're outplayed and outbattled by a team in the bottom four who have uh, conceded a hatful in the last two games. Where's the team gone that's played so well against Plymouth, Ipswich and, and Rotherham? Uh, we're now looking shaky at the back and clueless when we get to the final third. The likes of DJ, Leco and Lee are all going backwards. Uh, yes, we're missing Stockley, but the other attacking players need to step up and take the pressure off him uh, for when he is back in the team, and they aren't. Uh, none of them look like scoring. We play the ball around the edge of the box, uh, looking for a perfect pass. It's not going to happen when we need to be more direct uh, in the final third. Lee is a massive culprit of this. I think he should take a leaf out of Gilby's book, as I do feel that Gilby drives towards goal more uh, than trying the flash stuff that Lee seems to be more focused on. I was also pull Lee off set pieces. Nothing is changing on that front. I'm honestly looking at the relegation zone. We need a few wins to get away from it at the moment. I don't see where the goals or the wins are coming from. And that's my concern. The season isn't over. We could be dragged back in to a dogfight quite easily uh, with the way we are playing. I imagine this will lead to a big summer of upheaval yet again. Uh, we're really seeing now that the summer transfer window and the building of the squad wasn't adequate. Jacko now has time to work out who he does and doesn't want. I'm hoping this is his rock bottom moment, a little bit like Sir Chris 
and the Dagenham game. Keep up your good work and see you at Cheltenham. Yeah, we'll see you down there, Carl. Uh, yeah, really good email that. Cheers for cheers for sending that in. I will play a little bit of audio from Jacko on the transfer window very shortly as well. Not a great deal. I just asked him if there's any updates. Uh, he's got between now and the end of the uh, of the week at least. Uh, Reg says, uh, we have a clear first choice starting 11 and set up, uh, which on their day are a match for anyone in the league. And we showed it uh, on Sunday for teams in higher league. But the issue is uh, what happens when the starting 11 doesn't fire on all Sinlanders or when not all players are available for selection. Our performances, when we have to call on replacements, uh, expose this. Potentially, you could argue this also leads to complacency uh, among the starting 11. Yeah, similar to, to a point made in the show uh, already uh, this evening. Uh, it says, although I don't really buy this, they have something to prove, whether it's in terms of contract renewals or looking to progress uh, elsewhere. Our season was undermined by the awful start uh, and the fact that the assembled squad that JJ inherited was not his doing. Surely the key now is to obsess less uh, about this transfer window and think long, longer uh, about uh, next season. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it, Tom. Do we... I mean, it was a conversation I was having with someone on the train today, actually, like... Um, we were just—I was just throwing names out there, like because I could ask someone to put on Twitter, would you have someone like Chooks and Ek back? And then the conversation I had was, well, do, do you waste loan money on on Chooks when we, you know, it would be reasonably expensive, you'd imagine, wages-wise, when he's not going to be here next year, when pretty much this season is a write-off now. Yeah, I, it's a difficult question, and obviously, I think the most important thing is we get these right players in because, as a few people have said, we are looking slightly over our shoulder. For me, I think we have to accept we're going to be at best in this league next year. Uh, and I think realistically, we're going to be in this league next year. So if we can make a few sort of astute signings in January, maybe loan to buy options or maybe even buying players in now on slightly longer contracts, then we might be able to convince people of the longer term project and get them in at this stage and give them half a season where we're kind of writing it off to bed in and get ready for next year and try and hit the ground running. Now, I know that doesn't always work, but as you say, do you really want to blow a load on somebody like Chucks who isn't the most reliable, you know, can only play certain amounts of games? Uh, and if we use Leko as another example, he's somebody who came back and hasn't quite had the impact that he did last time. So there's no guarantee if you get Chucks in, he's going to score 10, 12 goals between now and the end of the season, unfortunately. Uh, so uh, for me, you'd be looking more at the sort of the people who are tried and tested, the people who are scoring goals regularly in this division already, uh, maybe even division below that are impressing, uh, and try and bring somebody in that's prepared to sign a two or three year deal with a view to getting us up into the championship because I just don't know if those short-termers are really going to do enough. And particularly if we get dragged into a nasty relegation battle towards the end of the season, which as I said, I don't think we're going to do. But if you do, you can see, well, we've seen in the past, lone players don't always have their heart in it at that stage in the season and that could be could be important mm, interesting stuff right Laura says uh, I think the issue with the team at the moment is that they are lacking motivation when Jackson was in the caretaker role they wanted to win to force Thomas to give him the job per, uh, permanently when they achieved this our table position meant playoffs were unlikely despite making up some ground uh, so now they're even more unlikely so the players don't have that extra motivation it's no coincidence that the one game we've won since Jackson's role was made permanent was in the pizza trophy where there's still a chance of success uh, and the best performance was against Norwich although we lost uh, and there was still a chance of a cup upset and progression I think they need to find some motivation soon or we'll be slipping down the table yeah and hopefully that will be the case uh, Laura and you'd imagine getting sucked into that relegation dogfight is motivation enough to to try and avoid that but anyway let's see Chris 
Uh, morning, chaps. Uh, last night was poor, but not quite as bad as under Nigel Adkins, but not far off. Sloppy, uh, disjointed, poor set pieces in a team that looked drained of confidence once the first goal went in. What's wrong? I don't believe we have a rubbish first 11, like some are saying, but we're short on quality in the squad. I can't work out why at times we have no confidence. JJ has made some improvements uh, and we're seeing some recurring themes despite three different managers. For me, that puts the focus on the squad quality, the mentality and the application. Alan uh, says, I thought we did okay until uh, Crew scored, uh, like most of the games recently. We had control uh, and uh, of the game. Final third and the passes were going wrong. We weren't testing uh, the goalkeeper. I was at JJ in and still think it was the right appointment, but we need a plan B or to start having games with different formations. We have a squad full of wingers and players playing out of position. Uh, the squad is feeling uh, pretty um, imbalanced. Uh, yeah, cheers for that. Alan Phil says it was a shocking performance. I don't understand how we can put in a display like that on Sunday where we outplay a Premier League team uh, with the exception of a mistake leading to a goal and then play uh, the next game with two changes as if the players had never met each other or trained in their life. I mean, it, it, could you argue, Lewis, that the performance on Sunday took a little bit out of them maybe? Or is it... Am I am I being generous there? Potentially. I mean, I don't think Crew had played in the build-up to it, so they had a little bit longer, but I think it'd be clutching at straws, really. I think you're looking for consistency. You know, the FA Cup, if we'd have beaten Norwich, it would have been a bonus, really, to try and get a decent tie in the next round. But ideally, you know, our our important aim and, and our key is, is getting out of this division, and, and you have to put in consistent performances and and as the email said made two changes and and it did feel very disjointed and that's a massive concern really yeah phil uh saying that he doesn't accept the often quoted schedule of games as an excuse uh, as the other teams will have a similar schedule uh, during the season uh it says hoping to make children but due to my wife's long-term illness i cannot leave her alone uh so ho- unable to leave her for long periods of time but hopefully the lads can put wednesday behind them uh, and get back to the performances they showed under jj uh, as a caretaker manager that's from phil cheers phil hopefully uh, you and your wife will be able to follow the game at least on on Charlton TV or on, uh, you can have updates on Radio London if you want as well. Uh, Dominic Richardson says, Hi guys, I'm looking for a definitive answer from your wisdom here. Why is it that whenever we have a really nice uh, away or third kit, we never actually play well in it? You got, got an answer for that, Tom? I haven't got an answer, but he has got a point. I remember <laughs> there was the season, I think it was Championship, where we were all in red away. So we had red shirt, red socks, red shorts. And I loved that. And we never seemed to do that well in that kit either. Um, I know there's been a couple of others in recent years as well. So I don't remember that yeah. kit. The one, to be fair, the season we went up under Lee Bowyer, we had this white away kit with the red and black stripes that sort of crisscrossed and then went down. That was one of my favourite kits, and we used to win in that one. So maybe, maybe it's only maybe it depends on whether I like the kit or not. That, that should be how how Charlton things do, do things based on whether I like it. Right, let's hear some transfer news then. Not a great deal of news if we're being honest, but I did ask Johnny if there was any likelihood. Uh, that we might see some bodies coming in uh, before the weekend when we visit Charlton. Well, it's Wednesday night and uh, I can't see anything happening before the weekend. No, but uh, we are, you know, we have highlighted targets. We're working on them. Um, I think we need, I think we need a little, you know, a little bit of help, a uh, little bit of a freshen up. Uh, could give us a fresh impetus for the, uh, you know, for the last push of the, of the season. But uh, yeah, no, no real updates as yet. So. Not expecting anything in the short term, Lewis. Clear that we need stuff in the long term. Uh, again, again I mean, the, the transfer window, it feels like it's been a bit of a slow burner. Um, but, I mean, I think Benji made the point that if we were to do some real business in this window, it'd be ideal to do it at the start. So then we could could have used them in these games. Like there's there's been three or four games in, in January already uh, that we've been unable to, to, to make anything of. Um 
so the, the the fact that we've not done anything yet and we won't do anything before Saturday, are you disappointed, not surprised because that's the way it's gone? Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed, yeah, because I, I agree with Benji. I think that we should have been doing the business earlier on to try and sort of steer ourselves out of this because, you know, we've had a couple of games now where we've, we've looked a little bit leggy and tired and, and not had the options or all the depth to change it up. I think it's pretty obvious that we, we need options up front and we haven't addressed that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed. I'm not surprised because it's it seems like the the common theme of a, of a Charlton January transfer window that we do everything quite late on. Um, but I think in this instance, you know, given the start that we had, found ourselves a little bit of form, a bit of momentum, and now it started to derail again and, and we're in a position where we haven't got options to change it up, then, yeah, I, you know, I'd like to think that we'd have done the business a lot earlier, but it's the targets and it's and it's what we aim for now because if we want to sign decent players at this level, how are we going to attract them? Because at the moment, we're a side that's, you know, nailed on out of the playoff race. We're not in a relegation dogfight as such, but we're not a million miles away from being dragged into one. So if you are going to make signings that are going to make a difference now it's very difficult to attract them given the state of where our season is so it almost begs the chart the you know whether we leave it and and try and you know finish with what we've got and bring in a few loans and then try and invest heavily in the summer to to try and rebuild for the whole season but you know our, our immediate sort of you know thing that we need to address is is trying to trying to turn around what we're doing now and try and not just cement ourselves in this division but try and sort of claw ourselves up from where we are lovely stuff right let's have a break and when we come back we'll start to look ahead to Saturday's trip to Wadham Road uh, to take on Cheltenham there heads it away can Lee pick it up yes he can ahead of Kamara now sends Washington on that right hand side he's in space Washington into the area he goes can he drill it home yes he can oh Connor Washington put John tune it up and could that be the game a lovely ball out Connor Washington on the run first was in the middle but Connor Washington drills it home Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the a big match preview. Um, I'm time to look ahead to Cheltenham uh, on Saturday. Uh, not going to be an easy game going to a team sitting above us uh, in the League One table, only by one place and one point. So it's a mid-table six-pointer if there is such a thing. Um, I did ask Jacko briefly last night just to, to have a look ahead uh, to the game. Uh, and the importance of trying to pick his side up as well after a, a disappointing few weeks. Yeah, quick turnaround, even quicker than, than from the weekend, really, because we're a night game and uh, obviously Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, I'm going to have to pick them up, get them ready. We'll be back on the road on Friday travelling, so that's going to come around really quick. Um, so, yeah, we're going to gonna have to recover. we have to have a think about uh, team selection, who's going to play, who's fresh. And... Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. Might need a little pick-up as well after the last few league games, three defeats in a row. Yeah, it's not good enough, yeah. yeah. And there's another tough game coming up Saturday, so can't keep 
you'll want to be stood here again talking about what ifs and chances missed, you know, because these games we've got to be winning and we're creating enough to win them, but we're not putting them away. And ultimately, that's, that's going to be the difference, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. Uh, from Jack, obviously, he, he knows what, what's happened recently. Tom hasn't been good enough. Um, he, he'll need to find, like, we, like like some people have said, if it's a motivation issue, if it's a, a personal responsibility issue in front of goal, whatever it is, he'll, he'll need to try and find an answer. It's, it's a quick turnaround to try and do that in as well. But j- just to make sure we're not asking ourselves the question in two weeks' time as to whether we're going to be dragged into the relegation dogfight, we need to sort of put, put put the brakes on this little slump as soon as possible. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think anything changes from last Sunday. These are both massively winnable games. And just because we've lost the first one doesn't mean we should now look at the second one as being any tougher. Cheltenham don't think they've won since mid to late November. So, yes, they're only a place above us as well. Um, but, you know, they're not on a good run of form. So... We have to go there thinking that we can, not necessarily that we will, but that we can get a lot of point, uh, get the three points there. And I was looking last night when we were playing because we've spoken a few times about the fact that we seem to have performed a lot better at home than away. I think we've only got two or three wins away, but actually in the, f- I think in the the home and away tables we're about the same. I think we're about fourteenth, fifteenth in both. That might have changed following last night. So actually, our away kind of form or results are in keeping with with our position in the league. So it, that's what makes it a little bit difficult, more difficult in that we have maybe struggled a little bit away from home. But we have to go there thinking we can win, and realistically, we should we should be looking at getting all three points. Yes, they're above us in the league, but I, apart from that, I think you know the the way we've seen we can play under Jacko. Uh, I, I think we, we should go there expecting to win. I think the one problem is the same problem we've had for the past few weeks, which is our inability to score goals. And annoyingly, last night when we did, we went and conceded two, as you said a bit earlier. So, yeah, I'm not going to say that we should walk over them because clearly they're doing all right. But we have to go there expecting to win and wanting yeah. to win. We're not we're not in the position really anymore, Lewis, where we can expect to, you know, where we can be big old Cholton in, in League One ex- expecting to win too many games because we're not. Yeah, that's just the way it is. But it is Cheltenham, I think, was eight games without without a win in all competitions I've just counted. Uh, they lost 4-3 to, to Wimbledon in the FA Cup. They were beat 5-0 at home by Cambridge. Uh, you know, lost 3-1 at, at Cheltenham, 2-0 at home. I mean, there's some poor results in there. A couple of draws... Uh, in their last two, they won't have had a midweek game. Their last, their last game last week was a one-all draw with Burton. But yeah, so it, it, I guess it's going to be like that. We will be facing a team low and confident, and it's up to us to use what attributes we do have to make sure that we punish a team who is low in confidence, which is also what's been happening to us in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly that. You know, we've got to go there with a bit of belief and and trying to bounce back immediately because. You know, yes, the where our season is now, we we might not have a huge amount of motivation to try and get in the top six because it seems, you know, unbelievably unrealistic now. But we still need to turn out performances and we still need to try and win as many games as possible. And you go into a side that that aren't in the best of form, uh, probably, you know, we're sort of three, I think we'll be three league wins without, without a win. They're on, on eight in all competitions, as you say. So... Yeah, they're going to be low on confidence as are we. So it could be a fairly tasty affair, to be honest, because both sides are going to want to try and get the seasons back on track. Um, I'd fancy us to go there and get a result because I think we've got a good enough squad to do so. Just for whatever reason at the moment, something's not clicking. Um, the interesting thing will be is is if Jacko makes any changes and if he does, what those changes will be. Because obviously in terms of options at the moment, 
we're not massively subscribed in in where we can change things up, especially up top where we're struggling to score goals. So it's going to be a hell of an interesting game. I know that. Yeah, I mean that is the question. Where where when we look at this this lineup and the, and these changes that people have called for. I mean Mason, the the, the reason as we heard from Daka there that he wasn't started. Uh, on 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 the game last night is because because of the amount of effort he put in and and the fact he was cramping up against Norwich on Sunday, um, so again the question will be well will he turn around quick enough? Connor Washington's minutes that the idea was they were going to be managed last night, uh, but we weren't in a position to be able to do that. Or Jacko decided that he had to he had to continue to play, so the, there will be a, a dilemma up top there. If you think about the fact that he, the likes of Charlie Kirk and you know Josh Davison who. Could could be an opportunity to play up there up top for him. weren't even in the squad last night. It, it, it feels like Jacko sort of juggling, try, juggling around trying to find a, a, a side at the moment, but not too pleased with with some of the balls he's got to work with. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And as I said earlier, I think it's that that fear that the people coming in maybe can't perform to the same level. Having said that, the players out on the pitch didn't perform very well last night. So I'd love to see. I'd love to see Morgan come in for Lee. I'd love to see Leko go out wide and DJ dropped. I'd like to see Burst uh, Mason go up top alongside Washington. I'd love to see Innes go back into that back three. Um, I'd like quite a few, quite a few changes just to see what happens and and give some of those players a chance. Um, whether he'll do that, it might seem too risky. It's very easy for me to say that I sat on my sofa, but. If we lose, I'm not the one who has to go out and face the press. Uh, although I do have to come on here and do a show after. But yeah, speaking to the same person, Jacko, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very true. So yeah, I'd like to see wholesale changes, but it's just the you know there there aren't that many players that he can rotate in, unfortunately. So it's going to be interesting. If he doesn't make changes, it's about getting a tune out of these players again and and shaking that defeat off them and making them realise that on their day they can perform. Mm, yeah, I mean, Dan Dempsey has just sent in a tweet. I think some players just need dropping for a game or two. Under Jacko, the 11 only changes for an injury or suspension. Players likely and Lico aren't having the same effect. Burstow is still a raw talent, uh, but let him have a start. Morgan had some good, good passes, so maybe a game for him. Yeah, I mean, that's been a recurring theme. He, he did spray a couple of good balls yesterday, as I said, including the one that led to the disallowed goal. Um, but, I mean, Albie's been a massive frustration for me. So, are we going to give him another chance to start? We We might be forced to, because... Last couple of weeks of midfield aren't clicking again. Yeah, I think it's something that we'll probably have to visit because it'll be a roll of the dice. And and as we said earlier, you know, playing in the position similar to to Elliot Lee, probably is he gonna is he gonna come in and do a job? You know, Elliot is not having the best of run at the moment. He could do with maybe a bit of time out of the team, a little bit of an impact to show that you know it's competition, isn't it? And competition pushes people that little bit more to try and keep their places. And at the moment. There's there's very little competition, so it it can come a little bit. I don't know. Just people just take their foot off the gas, maybe. You know, not not saying that Elliot Lee is doing that, but maybe he does need a little bit of of something to to give him a kick. But you know, Albie, yeah, he did come on yesterday for for a brief spell and, and looked okay. But I agree with you. I think he's been frustrating the entire season, especially when really he I had a lot of high hopes for him this season. Given that number ten shirt, it felt like he was going to be a real mainstay in the first team and, and really sort of jump on the scene and make a real impact but we haven't seen that from him but maybe giving him an opportunity to come back into the side will will give him the uh, know, the motivation he needs to make that impact that we're desperately wanting him to make lovely stuff right I think that's uh, about enough on uh, this week's big match preview thanks to all those of you 
uh, who've tuned in and uh, sent messages into the show as well. We look forward to uh, those of you who are going to seeing you down at Cheltenham. Me and uh, are you going as well, Lewis? I know Tom's going. I'm not, mate. Sadly, no, oh, I can't make this weekend. Bottled it, bottled it. He went to America and he's just stopped going to games now. It's disgusting <laughs> behaviour. Well, uh, me and Lewis, uh, me sorry, me and Tom and Nathan will see you down there. Uh, I think Benji might be going as well, so we're we're all see you down. Obviously, Terry will be there. We can't can't keep the uh, the old bugger away. Uh, so we look forward to seeing you down there. Like I say, thanks to everyone who, who tuned in. We'll be back on Sunday uh, to look back at whatever happens. Don't forget uh, if you get a chance to either speak to the likes of Tom or Benji after the game at Cheltenham. Uh, give your views on on the fans bar section. We haven't done one for a couple of weeks because uh, of various staffing issues, but we'll we'll get back on top of that as well uh, down at Warden Road. So keep an eye out for those boys. But yeah, uh, Lewis and Tom, thanks for joining me on the show this week. Cheers, no worries, mate. mate. Cheers. Absolute pleasure to speak to the pair of you. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you again on Sunday. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching fashion trends, pep talks where we give advice, mental health moments, and games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> <laughs>